loved going for walks and when I walked down to the beachfront that morning I had no idea that I was going to lose my legs. I'm Richard Fox and this is Messages of Hope. Stay tuned to hear Dean's extraordinary story of losing both legs and how he found hope. you feel if you suddenly lost both your legs? What changes would it bring to your life and relationships? Today Celia and I are talking with Dean and Coralie. Dean woke up from an induced coma in a Queensland hospital to discover he'd lost both his legs. Thanks for joining us Dean and Coralie. You normally live in Adelaide. How did you end up in a Queensland hospital? We were planning a, uh, a holiday for the Easter break and Cairns was the uh, location because our daughter lived not far from Cairns. It was going to be an enjoyable time, but it didn't turn out quite like what we expected. And, and that's the, the, the thing about life, isn't it? You know, the unexpected thing that just just comes along and plucks us all out of the air and and uh, we don't have even time to prepare for these sorts of things properly and I certainly wasn't prepared for this um, incident to happen you know uh, it was quite a surprise to me when I walked down to the beachfront that morning I felt sluggish and lifeless and I had no idea that I was going to lose my legs. And I'd said to the kids in the morning, your dad's not well, he thinks he's got a flu, but he doesn't want to see a doctor. And like most blokes, you know, you don't want to go to the doctor unless you really have to. Or... And then when it was about in the mid-afternoon and Rachel said, Mum, Dad's face is a funny colour, he needs to see a doctor. Beck drove us in and fortunately she knew exactly where to go. She said, Mum, will you go into emergency and get a wheelchair for Dad, get a wheelchair for Dad to wheel him in? And he said, no, I'm, I'm walking. And he did. This was my last walk, actually. And they put me in and met a doctor there. And uh, I remember lying down and I had stuff oozing out the side of my leg, which was, I had a scratch on the side of my leg. Look, it was nothing, you know, not a real deep cut or anything, but stuff was oozing out of it and it was horrible. I never witnessed anything like that in my life. And uh, to be honest with you, that was the last time I can really recall. They had me in induced coma for two to three months. Beck and I were in emergency till two o'clock in the morning and they found the diagnosis really fairly quickly and that was the first time I had ever heard of the word necrotizing fasciitis. No antibiotics would touch it, it's an aggressive flesh-eating bacteria and they basically didn't think he would survive Easter Sunday. Um, it was late that night in the kitchen at the place where we were staying Beck took a phone call in the kitchen and she said, oh no, oh no. That's when they were making the decision about the, the legs being amputated. And um, I rang everybody, every, I just texted everywhere I could think of, please pray that Dean won't have to have his leg amputated. And then when we went in the next day, they'd already marked out the second leg. Coming up, we'll hear how Dean reacted when he first discovered his legs were missing. How would you feel if you woke up to discover both your legs were gone? You're listening to Messages of Hope, 
Feel free to like our Facebook page, Messages of Hope, where you can like and share a post about today's message and encourage others. That's Facebook Messages of Hope. We're talking with Dean, who was put into an induced coma because of an infected cut in his leg. He was diagnosed with a flesh-eating disease, necrotizing fasciitis. When he woke up, he discovered both his legs were gone. Uh, after I come to, after the, the induced coma come off, I suddenly reflected and pointed down that I had no legs and, and I was over-anxious and, you know, despaired, I guess was the word. And Coralie couldn't tell me that I've lost my legs and she virtually ran out and uh, went up the causeway from Cairns there and uh, was broken down with it. I can't tell you a lot other than I had crazy, crazy thoughts and dreams and I guess it's all the drugs they induce into you. I was in there nearly eight months in hospital but three months in Cairns. It just went, it was a part of my life that just has gone zapped out of it that I can't recall a lot about. Then a month after that, I remember lying there in bed there and and often a couple of the senior nurses said, don't underestimate, Dean, you'll be able to do more than what you really think you could. And I said, well, I can't even get out of bed here. How am I going to get out of bed? Dean, some people couldn't imagine living without their legs. Mm. Did you ever feel that? Yes, I did. I had a, a nurse there whose husband lost a leg and he, he ran in sort of marathons and stuff and did things at an artificial leg. And unfortunately, I, I, I didn't want to have an artificial leg, so she encouraged me, this lady, and she was fantastic. And I, I, I just listened to those sorts of people who gave me encouragement, and I thought, well, the end's not really here, and, and you know, I'm, I'm around. And one of the great things is being a Christian and having belief in, in that recovery process near the end was so important to me. And I can tell you the support that I got from people within our own congregation uh, was just wonderful. And uh, one of the things, you know, that stands out, I, I used to get phone calls uh, from various people and pray for me over the phone in the morning, you know, after you have your breakfast and say, I hope you're well and, you, you know, pray for your recovery and, and, and such. And I, can I just draw a comparison? I've been on lots of various other committees in, in my work. Uh, my workforce has always been good and very supportive in me as a Christian. Mm, and they know that something different about you because you've, you've got Christ as the centre of your life. And um, I believe when I was in the hospital, the people could see that, that you had that strength. And, and it was God that was sort of guiding me within, although I had that physical strength of determination, and but yeah. You sound like you took it all in your stride, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, sure. Are there times when it gets you down? I, I do get depressed at times. Lord, why did this happen to me, you know? And, and you know, too. sometimes I will up our long passage here and, uh, and that, and I think, God, I, how many times have I walked up here over the years? Now I'm wheeling up here, you know, and just frustration. I drop a paper on the floor off my desk, and to go and pick that paper up, I, all right, I can bend from here to there, but it's a bit of a risk. So I've got to hold onto the side of the chair to get to it that I hopefully don't fall out of it. Just to strive to do those things sometimes becomes frustrating to me, and I do in despair occasionally. Not not often, but I, I have, you know, I lay on the on the bed and think, 
Lord, why has this happened to me? And uh, but yeah. Did you ever doubt God? No, not really. No, no. But as I said, sometimes I think, why does this happen to me? As an example, but then you know, I, I see such misery around the world, and I look at what happens on the news currently, and uh, every day I, I'm blessed that I'm still here. Coming up, you'll hear what helped Dean during his recovery and how he found hope for the future. And for more about coping with the negative outcomes of illness, you can go to messagesofhope.org.au where you can order a free booklet titled Where's God in All This? That's messagesofhope.org.au Have you ever suffered an illness and still wear the scars of that experience? Where have you found hope to keep going? Our guest today, Dean, lost both his legs to an infection caused by a cut to just one leg while walking along the beach. What gave Dean hope to face the future without his legs? Well, one of the things um, that did give me hope when I was doing rehabilitation, I had no idea what a slide board is, and uh, it was like, like a little surfboard, and I can put my behind on the surfboard and slide from this chair into the car seat. And I recall when I was at the re- retraining of having that first moment of trying all these things and uh, the thrill was to know that I could slide off onto a board and, and get into my chair and I do that today, you know, I, I uh, lie in bed of the morning and then I decide to get up so I slide onto this chair which is alongside the bed, then go to the shower chair which i got, sit on the shower chair, go to the toilet or whatever you have to do, then wheel it underneath the shower myself, have a shower and then wheel it to the bed and my clothes, my good wife leaves my clothes there, so I quickly, and that was another thing, just getting dressed. I thought, I remember saying to the nurse, how am I going to dress myself? She said, you'll be able to wriggle into your pants and put your T-shirt or shirt on over the top and and because and it, it's all uh, body exercise from the, the stomach muscles. One of the difficulties when you're, you're sitting on a bed, uh, I found was um, lying on a bed on your back and trying to get up from a, a, a soft bed, because it's not firm, it was not really firm, and you sink into the bed properly. But how I overcome that, I've got like a rope ladder, a small ladder that I have alongside me in bed, and I pull on that, and that pulls me upright then, and uh, I do that. When I see my grandchildren, little grandchildren now from three to four, and I think, gee whiz, I've I, I went back to a stage virtually like that, and Today, you know, I, I had to go and retrain myself to do all those sorts of things that's been part of our, our health and uh, well-being. These little things I'm telling you about uh, make it also make my life fulfilled. And I can, you know, I, I know I take probably three times or four times longer than I normally do to get dressed, but, you know, I get there. And you can do it yourself. I do it all by myself. Yeah. Has your relationship with God changed? No, no, I think it's become closer. There's a greater depth of understanding and, 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 and want to learn his word a little bit more than I have. And uh, often at a, in a service, I can feel it even through the music sometimes, you know. The, and I'm a, a bit more conscious of the wording of words in, in, in the phrases of songs even. You know, that really hits you and it gives me a, a sense of warmth inside and feel a bit better about myself. You've mentioned faith in God and prayer is important. How does that help? 
It's the reinforcement of it, isn't it, Coralie, of the, the things that you virtually said that do happen? And yeah, I think it's just being, for me, um, being consistently in God's word. And we'd done a, a study on um, Isaiah, and I drew a lot of God's promises I know from Isaiah. What are some of those promises? Fear, fear not, do not be dismayed. I am with you, I am I'm your God. I will help you, I'll uphold you with my omnipotent righteous right hand was one that was constant with me. Um, I always wanted to believe that God would get us through. God was a good God and he had good plans and all of those things that he would get us through somehow, get Dean through somehow and get back home again. This is Messages of Hope. For more about coping with the negative outcomes of illness, go to messagesofhope.org.au where you can order a free booklet titled Where's God in All This? God is here and with his help you can face the future with hope. For your free booklet Where's God in All This? Go to messagesofhope.org.au or call 1-800-353-350. That's 1-800-353-350. I'm Richard Fox, a pastor of the Lutheran Church where love comes to life. I hope you can join us again next week for another message of hope. Real hope to cope with life's challenges. Mm-hmm.